Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father and our God, King of glory, we ask tonight that as we come before you, that Father Almighty God, through your word, you cause us to receive strength, wisdom, insight, and understanding, causing us to become more like you in every single way. We ask that Christ is formed in our hearts, Father, and that he remains in our hearts by faith so that we may walk and live as you have asked us to walk and live. Thank you for tonight, O Lord. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for all that you will do. We pray for brevity and simplicity. Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. You're most welcome. So tonight, we're going to continue from where we left off about how to have a healthy heart. And so we're going to continue. For those of you that remember, I'll just give you a very brief recap. As we begin, we looked at talking about building a, having a healthy heart and how the Lord repairs your heart. We looked at the first element, which is the word of God, spending time in the Bible. And we, and we thought we basically presented that that's the first way that God will work on your heart, that as you spend time with him in the word of God, that as the word of God is processed through your heart, as you read it, as you study, as you meditate on it, as you speak it and as you obey it, you realize that the Lord works on your heart. And the Bible says that he converts your heart, he repairs your heart, he restores your heart. And so we looked at that and that was the first element in that spend time with the Lord in the word of God. The second thing we got to was prayer and we got basic and we looked at the, the framework we looked at was the Lord's prayer and we got all the way down. So we started at the beginning of the Lord's prayer, our father, and we worked down and we actually got down to thy will be done as it is in heaven. And that's where we got to. Um, and so that will be, so that's what, um, that's what we've got to, and that's where we're going to start, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to pick it up from there. And so just as a very brief recap, for, for those of you that weren't there a couple of weeks ago, you can listen to it again on the podcast. Um, and it's, we looked at, we started, our reference was Matthew chapter 6, reading from verse 8. And we stopped at verse 18 to include his comments on fasting. And so to be honest, we I will read that again tonight as we start. And that's where we will, that's where we will go. Okay. And so Matthew chapter six, reading from verses eight, and I'll, I'll read from eight and I'll stop at verse 18. I'm reading from the King James version of the Bible. The Bible says the following, be not ye therefore like them for your father knoweth what things you have need of before ye ask him. So we realized that was the first thing we looked at that before you come into the place of prayer, we realize we are not coming we are coming to God who already knows what we are about to ask and what we would ask for him. And he's made provision for it. And so let's go to verse nine. Jesus then says the following. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly father forgive you, forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head, anoint thine head and wash thy face that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret and thy father, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And that's where we, that's where we started. And we started at um, verse eight and we actually got down to verse 10, which is thy kingdom come. We spoke about that. And we got to thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And the last phrase that we said was, God, when you come into the place of prayer, remember it is a dialogue. That means you will speak to the Lord. He will speak to you through a variety of methods, um, but primarily through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he will speak to you. And what we said last, the last time we spoke was, this was the last thing we, we, we spoke about, and we'll use that as our anchor, our jump off point, is that God will give you inside information. And we looked at um, the scripture in Jeremiah chapter 33, reading from verse three. And we looked at the fact that the Lord said, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you knew not. And so that's what we, that was where we were. That was the point we looked at. And the prayer was that God will give you inside information. I really hope that he has done so over the last couple of weeks as we've spent, as you spent time with him. And so ladies and gentlemen, that's a very brief catch up. And so we're going to pick up from thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And the reason we're doing this is this, what we want to present, this is what Jesus presented, was that when you come into the place of prayer, notice it's not just asking for things. This effectively enables what we call fellowship with the father you're actually having more than a conversation you're spending time with him it's real and that's what our prayer times are like and the and we said the last time we spoke that just saying that lord's prayers is a great place to start because the holy spirit will begin to reveal the things that the deeper meanings behind the things you say saying it regularly it allows you to meditate on it think about it and he then reveals different parts of it and so we're going to pick up on a few of those things and so what we also said and this is and this is what we said we said thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven that one of the best ways to pray is to actually ask let the lord tell you what he wants you to say now we spoke about that and so we're going to break that down a little bit and then you'll understand now remember our focus is while we do these while we go through these spiritual disciplines the lord strengthens heals and restores our hearts 
And so thinking about thy will be done, how, when we said, and what we said was once we identify God's will, we looked at first John chapter five, verses 14 and 15, that the Bible says, when you pray according to God's will, there is a guarantee in Christ Jesus that he hears you. That means he will hear and process into an action what you present to him. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that was where we were. And so let's look at that. Let's look at how that works and we'll move on from there. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'd ask you to turn. So when we think about discovering God's will and and finding out what God wants you to pray, we have a remarkable advantage, and it is in the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles, please, to John chapter 14, and we're going to have a look at verse 26 to start. We'll look at three things about the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified Classic version of the Bible. That's John 14, verse 26. And the Bible says the following. The Bible says, but the comforter, which is counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me, and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things, and he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. So pause, ladies and gentlemen, and let's look at that for a moment. When we come into the place of prayer, our greatest advantage is the fact that the Holy Spirit will teach us how to pray. That means when you come into the place of prayer, even if you have a list of things that you really want to pray about, and I want you to please remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, by the time you come into the place of prayer at Matthew 6, verse 8, he said, God knows what you're going to, what you want to pray for. He knows what things you have need of. So God's already prepared for you. So as you go through a process of fellowship, the Lord will reveal to you the things that you do not know that he really wants you to pray about. And the person who does that is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he will teach you all things. That means he will instruct you in such a way so that what you're saying is exactly what God wants to hear. And he'll do that in two ways. And so what, in, well, we'll look at two ways that he does so. But the first thing is the Holy Spirit will teach you. Now, however the Holy Spirit gets through to you, he will get through to you. And one of the key things is this, how does the Holy Spirit wants to minister to you? He wants to speak to you. And so we realize that the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart and he'll guide you or he will. So when you come into the place of prayer, and this is why coming into the place of prayer, ladies and gentlemen, if you can avoid it, let it not be rushed. And so you come into the place of prayer and you give God time. You spend time reading the Bible or you say the prayers that you have on your heart, whether it be the Lord's prayer, the 
prayers in, in the book of Ephesians or prayers that you find in the Psalms and you say those things, that's wonderful. But give God time to respond. And this is where we get the element. If, if you ever heard um, time with the Lord being referred to as quiet time, it's a place where you allow you turn down the volume of the world and say, God, I've come to pray about many things and I've come to pray about many things, but I'm going to, Lord, I want to not only talk to you, but I want to listen. Listening, ladies and gentlemen, takes trust rather than just, you know, going for it. And there's a place for intense, focused, loud, confident prayer and there is but there's a place where let the lord speak to you to tell you this is how you should pray now the reason i say you should i encourage you to do this is when you are in a crisis what you have learned in a in peacetime will serve you well when you're in a crisis, what you've learned during quieter times will serve you well. Um, and this is what I want you to keep in mind. And so when you come into the place of prayer, give God time to speak to you. And however he will do it, he may point you to a scripture. He may say, he may guide you to read something. You may feel an impression to pray for someone else or but let the Lord guide you. Now, the reason I'm saying this is the Bible says, and how do you start that? Very simple. Ask the Holy Spirit to do so. And we're going to pause for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. It's 7.14, and so we're going to take our declaration. And so let's take our declaration over the United Kingdom and any country that you're living in, and let's declare the word of the Lord, that the Lord heals the land. Oh, Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sin and heal our land. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's make a declaration. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, please keep that going. It definitely is doing something wherever you are. Now, what I want you to realize, so talking about prayer, give God time to guide you in your prayer times. Now, you may say, well, how will he do that? He'll speak to you. And this is the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows how to get through to you he and he will do so and so what we ask so when you come into the place where give him time to do so and let him teach you literally basically saying that the holy spirit how should i pray about this and that is where you realize your prayers now become aligned with the will of god and so I'm going to look at, I'm going to show you two other scriptures that speak about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and it will bring this home. 
that I encourage you that give him time to guide you. And so please turn it. So please turn in your Bible. Remember, the Holy Spirit is there to help. He's your counselor. He's your helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, and comforter. Now, please notice every single thing that they said about the Holy Spirit is positive. The Bible does not say he's there as your judge or jury. So when you reach out to the Holy Spirit, you are reaching out to someone who's on your side. Please keep that in mind. Let's have a look at a couple of scriptures that back this up and it will make it a bit clearer. Kindly turning your Bible. We're going to stay in the book of John for the moment. Kindly turning your Bible to John 16. And we're going to read from verses 13 and we're going to stop at verse 15. John 16 verses 13 to 15. And, and it, it, it exemplifies this. And I will, I'll read this in the Amplified Classic. The Bible says the following, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the father. He will give the message that has been given to him and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. So ladies and gentlemen, notice the Holy Spirit has access. He, li he, he lives in your spirit. The Holy Spirit will hear God's message for you and he will tell you this is what God wants you to pray about. He will minister it to you however he speaks to you. For some people, it might be dreams. For others, prophecies. For others, studying. For others, you'll hear a message. For others, there'll be an impression. However he speaks to you, he will definitely speak to you. And the Bible says he will guide you so that the things to come are sorted in your prayer time. This is why Jesus, when Jesus said, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. This is what he was speaking about, that you have the ability to affect what is about to happen because God, through you, is going to affect your circumstances in the place of prayer. He will tell you what to do and he'll tell you what to pray about. And so let me read verses 14 and 15 of John chapter 16. And then I'll tell you a story um, that backs it up. And the Bible says the following. The Bible says, he will honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. Everything that the father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that he, the spirit, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. So, ladies and gentlemen, what the Holy Ghost will do, he will take what Jesus has won, what has been granted to him, what is now yours by inheritance, what is now yours because you are in Christ. And as you come into the place of prayer, he will minister that to you. And it shows up in a variety of ways. Some of them, it, 
if if you to to give you an example when you come into a crisis it, the, the, those stories seem to grab people's attention but in a crisis those things are really they're really important i remember once i was praying for some somebody's healing and who was really really close to me and as i came to pray the first thing i did was i started praying in the spirit and please understand ladies and gentlemen we're going to talk about that in a moment praying in the spirit is invaluable the blessing of praying in tongues where you can pray in the spirit and we'll look at that in a once i finish the story i prayed in the spirit first and then i listened it was a crisis moment it, this was a life or death moment but the holy spirit then said pray like this speak to this part of the person's body this part of the person's body this part of the person's body lay your hands pray a simple prayer of faith and then leave it with me to cut a long story short ladies and gentlemen that person lived and it was quite remarkable how the prayers that he asked me to pray came to pass in their entirety he specifically said ask the blood to clot the person was bleeding quite badly and he said pray over the different types of blood vessels veins capillaries and arteries and then he said lay hands and pray in the name of jesus and i did so and he said once you're done take your hands off and this was the most unusual thing if you've ever wondered what philippians 4 7 feels like it's a piece that makes no sense because you are reassured that God has done it, even though the circumstances don't look like it. 45 minutes later, a doctor shows up and exactly what the Holy Ghost has said we should pray for had happened. Now that's in a crisis. Where did I learn it? Coming down to my regular, my regular Bible study and the Holy Spirit saying, read this scripture listen to this, play this track. And that's where you realize the Holy Spirit will begin to condition you so that he can guide you when there is a real challenge. And so ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit, he hears a message from God and he tells you, and notice what the, the Bible says. The Bible says he will show you things to come. That means he will place things in your heart where you start praying for things that you don't realize you're praying for. One of the most beautiful ways to do that is when the Holy Spirit says, right, pray in the spirit, pray in tongues. Because when you're praying in tongues, the Bible says in Romans 8, and we will turn there, Romans 8 verses 26 to 28. Now read that Romans 8 verse 26 to 28 and i will read verse 26 so too the holy spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weaknesses for we do not know what prayer to offer nor how to offer it worthily as we ought but the spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. Verse 27, 
And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints, according to and in harmony with God's will. Verse 28 is the payoff. And we are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when you pray in tongues, the Bible says the Holy Spirit prays the perfect will of God on our behalf. So when we lift our voice, when we, we are praying, let's say we're praying, if I wanted to pray for anybody on, let's say anyone on the call right now, let's, um, the Holy Ghost laid this on my heart just a moment ago, anyone believing God for a job. Now, I don't know all the details. So what am I going to do? I'm going to pray in the spirit first. And I'm just going to lift my voice up and I'm going to man and I'll just start praying. And what you're doing is you're praying in the spirit. Now, I'm praying for whoever is requires a job i'm praying that the interview goes well i'm praying that you get a letter i'm praying that you are the candidate that they like the most i'm praying for the specifics of where you're going to i don't know what they are but while i'm praying in the spirit you realize i am praying the perfect will of god for what he has laid on my heart and as you do so when you come to a point and pray until that burden or on or that weight on your heart is lifted and you realize you've settled it then what may happen sometimes the holy spirit will say round the prayer up in english like this and then all of a sudden you declare what the holy ghost lays on your heart and so in this particular case so i'll i literally let me let me just let's do it because someone needs it in the name of jesus and now this is what is laid on my heart for whosoever it is we declare that god will not allow you to give up this will be the turning point application god will grant you favor and he will bless you as the bible says in psalm 5 verse 12 that the lord god will bless the righteous and he will surround you with favor just like a shield so when you now go for this particular assessment when you now go for this particular test they will run into the favor of god on your behalf and we say a great amen. And may you suddenly testify. Amen. Now, how did I know what to pray for? I didn't. The Holy Ghost did. So as I came to the point, he just said, pray for people that are believing God for jobs. And so we did so. Now, that's how you shape tomorrow. He may have, and notice, what did he do? He said, Pray your understanding like this. Focus on this scripture, Psalm 5, verse 12. Speak this particular. So you're, you're, you're speaking into someone's life. And so what you begin to read, now I'm looking at all the amens coming. No, there's no way I would know what you're going through 
but the bible says the holy spirit does and may you all testify and so ladies and gentlemen what i want you to begin to realize is when the bible says praying according to the will of god this is what i want you to realize it is god's desire and intention to let you know what he has prepared for you so you and he can walk together in agreement and so two scriptures we'll put together and then we'll move on to the next point kindly turn in your bible to amos 3 3 amos 3 3 and the and it's a it's a very short scripture and it says the following do two walk together except they make an appointment and have agreed that's in the amplified bible that means ladies and gentlemen for you and god to walk together towards something that he knows he has to tell you so he's like walk with me he may not tell you all the details but he'll say this is where we are going just follow me hold my hand walk in this direction and so ladies and gentlemen that's what he does now what i want you to understand is the person who governs revelation the person who governs revelation is the person of the holy spirit and that means when jesus gave us the blessing of the person of the holy spirit we were put at a distinct advantage whenever it comes in things such as prayer because the holy spirit who searches the hearts of god lives on your inside now and he wants to tell you this is what god is saying this is what god is speaking about this is what's happening in the spiritual that you can't see but god wants to shape what you're going through and i want you to keep this in mind he desperately wants to tell you that this is what tomorrow is like so we don't make mistakes turning your bibles ladies and gentlemen to close this point out to the first book of corinthians and we'll please go to chapter two and we will go from we'll read verses nine and ten the bible says verses nine and ten and i'll read that in the king james version of the bible and the bible says the following but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That stands true. But the Bible says the following. But that means although this is true, this also stands true. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things yea the deep things of god ladies and gentlemen the bible says that the holy spirit searches the mind of god and knows what god has prepared for you and he reveals it to you so that when you come to him in the place of prayer, not that you necessarily get what you're asking for immediately. 
but that you pray according to God's will, allowing him to move the chains one, two, three, four, five steps forward. When he doesn't give you a miracle, ladies and gentlemen, he will give you strength. And those are the kind of things you need to realize. And Jesus said, when you come into the place of prayer, when you pray like that, what happens to your heart? You move to a place of reassurance. The Bible says it better than I can in Philippians 4 verse 7. The Bible says, after you have prayed, whereby you have prayed, you have made your petitions, supplications, and come to God with thanksgiving, the Bible says God takes over. And the Bible said, the peace that passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. And so ladies and gentlemen, what that means is when you've prayed like this, God will reassure your heart and your mind so that you can hold on either to receive an immediate miracle or hold on sufficiently until what you're asking for shows up. And so ladies and gentlemen, Jesus says, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so we realize that's what it means to align your prayer. So you are praying what God wants you to hear. What does that do for your heart? The Bible says your heart is then guarded. The Bible says the peace of God now guards, forms a garrison around your heart. And that means whatever you are praying for, you are in the safest place. Okay, so let's go on to the next one. The next thing we realize in the place of prayer, looking at Matthew chapter six, let's go to Matthew chapter six, verse 11. And remember, now, this is why I wanted you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that the Lord's prayer is a treasure trove of how to fellowship with God. This is what Jesus says next. He then says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, pause for a moment. This is where we now are, that he says, ask for what you need. Now, that's great. And go ahead and do so. But this is, notice something about this. When you think about it, he says to the Lord, give us this day our daily bread. That means, God, you know exactly what I need to come through this season grant it to me and when you think about it it's if you keep in mind um before i'll give you a, a couple of scriptures that drive this home but i want you to keep in mind a child and a parent and many times children that are very let's say that quite a little bit younger not necessarily older children but younger children when they want to go outside and play it might be cold it might be raining the parents will have checked that, you know what, it's going to rain in five minutes. Take your coat. The child will be so excited. No, 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 I don't need my coat. The sun is warm. I, I want to get out. I want to get out. I want to get out. But the parent will say, you know what? Take your coat. Sometimes if the child is small enough, you put the coat on the child, wrap them up with the coat, and they're grateful when they walk into a rainstorm, even though they're playing in the garden. 
when the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, please understand something about God. The Bible says he knew what you had need of before you arrived. And he, ladies and gentlemen, is your provider. That means before you make the request, God has made provision. And what I want you to understand about that, and I, this is why the beautiful thing is say, God, give me what I need this day. And it, let the specifics come, but give me what I need this day. Now, let's put this in context. Let's see whether God is actually your provider. Let's go back to the very beginning and see where provision shows up for the first time. Come with me, ladies and gentlemen, please, to Genesis chapter 1, reading from verses 29. Genesis 1, 29. And the, to, we'll read 29 to 30. And the reason I'm saying that is this. I want you to realize that God has gone ahead of you. The Bible says, and God said, behold, I've given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you. It shall be for meat. And then the Bible says, and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so notice your provision precedes you that means before god created the trees the grass and everything else it preceded mankind's creation so god when god wants to provide for you he's always one step or many steps ahead so god provides so when you say god give me this day my daily bread Trust me, God has already made provision for you before you arrive. And that goes throughout the Bible. You realize that God does this. And so what I want you to say is when you come before the Lord, it's like, Lord, this is what I'm asking for. I, would, I want you to be assured. Please keep this in mind. God has already provided for you. And to be honest, he has done it in such a way that it is much better than you can provide for yourself. And so I want you to keep this in mind. Um, I want you to keep this in mind. Please, 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 please. When you come before the Lord and he says, give us this day our daily bread, I want you to realize that God has made provision and he's your provider. Now, this is where confidence comes in, where you can now say to the Lord, Lord, this is what I'm believing God for. And detail it, as the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, make a petition, ask for mercy, give thanks. But you can give thanks with the knowledge that God has provided for you so much better than you could provide for yourself. And I want you to please keep that in mind. And so Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. Now think about it also 
as if you think in the context of a soldier, 10 soldiers may go to the stores, depart to the, the quartermaster. That's the phrase they use for the person who gives out arms and uniforms, etc. Based upon the assignment of each soldier, they are given different pieces of equipment. So when the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread, what the what the Jesus, what Jesus is trying to make clear to you is that God is responsible for you. And as a loving father, he has already made provision in all his resources for whatever you need for this particular season. That which you know about and that which you do not know about. And so I want you to keep that in mind. So, ladies and gentlemen, please, keep that God is your provider. And so what I want you to hold, hold on to is when the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread, I want you to keep in mind that, Lord, you have already made provision. As I walk towards what is a really difficult challenge, Lord, I know you have made provision. And you can declare that to be true that no, God has settled it. God will come through and come through for you, ladies and gentlemen, he will. And this is why many times when you spend time in prayer, sometimes you settle things in prayer that are way ahead of you, way ahead of you. And God provides. And so I want you to keep that in mind. And so be open and confident to ask God for exactly what you need. Ask him because he will provide for it. Okay, we do have a question now, and I'm going to leave time to answer it because it's a really good one. Um, but let's go on to, so that's give us this day our daily bread. So asking for your provision, understanding that God has provided for you and that your provision has preceded you. I, I mean, to give you one example, one of, one of my favorite examples is this. At the end of the first chapter of the book of Ruth, this is what, the Lord said, verse 22, Naomi and Ruth have come through a really difficult time, but this is what the Lord does. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabites, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. Notice that simple fact that they arrived at the time that the harvesting was going on. Notice the miraculous story of Ruth's journey to marrying Boaz was dependent on the fact that they were harvesting. Ladies and gentlemen, I couldn't go through scripture after scripture to prove to you that your provision has preceded you. So when you come, notice what Jesus said. He said, do not be like the hypocrites. This is a Matthew um, chapter six, verse seven. When you, and he says the following, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. You do not have to beg 
You do not have to beg. You come before God and he has provided for you. Um, let me take the, I'm going to pause here, um, ladies and gentlemen. We'll pick this up next week, but, but I'm going to answer the questions. And then if we still have time, I'll continue. And then we will hopefully we'll get through prayer today. But if not, we'll continue next week and then we'll go on to the next one. Two questions I've got now, and I'm going to answer them because I think they're really valuable. The first one is this. Evening, Pastor, albeit, albeit that I'm still trusting God for the gift of speaking in tongues. But according to 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 5, shouldn't the gift of prophecy take higher priority? So the Bible says the following. Praying in the spirit. So let's first. Praying in the spirit is promised as you'll find that in luke chapter 11 really from verse 13 that when if you ask the um ask the lord to fill you with the holy spirit that jesus will make that happen so luke 11 verse 13 and matthew 3 verse 11 the bible says when you ask the lord to fill you with the holy spirit he will do so through the ministry of our lord and savior jesus christ jesus will fill you with the holy spirit and so when you ask, that prayer is never denied. And so as for those of you that are trusting God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I join my faith with yours. And as you pray simply from this moment forward, may the Holy Spirit fill you and may the evidence of his presence of speaking in tongues begin to manifest. That means he will fill you with himself. He's answered the prayer. The ability to speak in tongues comes with him. And we'll do a full session on this, but I'll just mention it here. But now the gift of prophecy it not, is not, not that it necessarily takes higher priority. When Paul was speaking to the church at Corinth, what was happening was people were coming to church and they were giving messages in tongues that everybody couldn't understand and what he was saying is this although tongues the focus of praying in tongues according to jude 1 verse 20 speaking in tongues edifies you the bible says and i'll, I'll read that for accuracy so I, I, we can go through it jude 1 verse 20 the Bible says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So when you're praying in the spirit, the person who's edified is you, because as you are praying, you are speaking mysteries to God. You may not understand it, which is what you find in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, reading from verses 2 and 3. You realize that you are praying mysteries you're having conversations with the lord and he's building you up he's shaping your tomorrow you're praying the perfect will of god then paul explained that when you come to church and in a church setting he said it's more valuable that you speak a few words in prophecy where god reveals something to you and you can clearly articulate that this is what the mind of the Lord is saying. And that gift is a manifestation of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So 
the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that enables us to speak in tongues and pray in tongues. He's also the one, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, reading from verses 7 to 11, you realize he's also the one that governs the manifestation of the gift of prophecy. When Paul said it's more valuable for you to pray, to desire the gift of prophecy is this. Come with me to 1 Corinthians, which is, which is a, the scripture you quoted. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3. The Bible says the following. I'll read from two to be clear. But he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands it. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. That's praying in tongues. Now, but he that prophesied speaketh unto men, three things happen. Edifies, that means you edify the person you're speaking to. You build up the church. So the church is encouraged and built up because you speak into their world things that they may not know or realize exhortation they are encouraged to keep going even when they are tired and comfort the reassurance of being drawn near to god knowing that god has very clearly got their back in any particular situation now ladies and gentlemen the reason we that the reason paul put that there he put that there to say right so desire notice what he says at the end of first corinthians 13 desire you the best gifts that means walk in the love of God, walk, spend time with your father, spend time in the Holy Spirit, spend time in the word of God, spend time walking with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what you realize is the gifts will show up when they're needed to. And so although you desire that, Lord, I really want to, which is great, the desire to prophesy is wonderful. And I do encourage it, but the Speaking in tongues and prophecy don't clash. But when you are in a public setting whereby you are speaking, and this is what Paul was, was clarifying, when you're speaking in a gathering, notice it's no longer about you, it's about everybody. And in those settings, he says prophecy is more beneficial. Does that make sense? But he then also says that if you do have a burden of the gift of a message in tongues, then before you give it, ensure that there's someone with the equivalent gift of the interpretation of tongues. That means if you're going to give a message in tongues, then there should be somebody who you would realize the manifestation of the gift of interpreting tongues is present or God gives you the interpretation when you now give the message in tongues and so what he was doing that's church order not value or one is more efficient than the other because they do two completely different things and i really hope that helps that your your inference and your desire is spot on it's not it's not a quarrel it's just that sometimes when you look at these when the when you take scriptures of the bible you read around the scripture and to understand the context that the information was given. It was inspired, but there was a context for it. And so that's where it comes from. And I pray with everybody who's believing God for 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I join my faith with yours. And I, and it's as simple as this. It's, it's honestly, it's Jesus said, this is one prayer that will never be denied. And the person who does the infilling is Jesus Christ himself. And I pray that God fills you with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. As you kneel before God and pray, may it happen in a simple yet a simple or a spectacular manner whichever way it works but god will answer that prayer for you great question okay um let's the next question is all right then i've got this one can i ask please pastor what do i do when there is so so much to pray about and i feel so weak and overwhelmed great question when you f- you're feeling weak and overwhelmed, let's settle something. It's not you that's going to perform the miracle. And this is what I encourage. Um, come with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, and I'm going to read verse 31. The Bible says the following, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so what do I encourage? When you realize you have a lot to pray about, remember, go to your father first. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? Waiting on the Lord is clarified and this is i, I recently discovered this and it was one of the best things that, uh, that has happened to me hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 the bible says by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to god continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name now ladies and gentlemen what i want you to understand is waiting on the lord is not standing in silence it is speaking or declaring who god is what he has said to you about himself understanding how big the lord is in your circumstances and this is what i mean so when you're waiting on the lord you're coming before the lord and you're presenting to god that which he wants to hear in this specific situation and one of those things that he wants to hear is begin to praise and exalt and focus on him not the problem focus on him and so begin to exalt that you are jehovah you are the covenant keeping god You are the one who, and and by the way, how do you do this? If sometimes the Holy Spirit will will minister a song to you. I've had a song on repeat for the last few weeks, and it is Covenant Keeping God by All Nations Church. Amazing. And it got me through a really tough time. Do the little things regularly. When you have a lot to, for me, it was, I just knelt down every day and I said the Lord's Prayer. Pray in tongues if you are blessed to pray in tongues, because the Bible said that builds your strength. Exalt the Lord. Tell, remind yourself and your circumstances, this is who the Lord is, that he is my father. He is Jehovah. He is my keeper. He's my shepherd. He's the one who completes me. I am 
complete in Christ. Christ has, I no longer focused on things on the earth. I'm now focused on things in heaven where Christ is. My life is in Jesus's hands and it cannot be taken. The mountain that I'm standing in front of will move. I will see God in the land of the living. God will put his, and what you're doing is you're declaring the Lord. And the Bible says that is what is called waiting on the Lord. As you do so, the Bible promises that your strength and your confidence will rise. That's the first thing. Second, ask the Holy Spirit how to pray. Now, we won't get to this this, to this week, but we will get to it next week. On the back of prayer, one of the great ways to break through and renew your strength is to fast. Take time out. Uh, it, it doesn't matter how long, one or two days, four or six hours, but spend time and say, God, I'm just focusing on you. And what happens, please remember, you are not, how you feel is not the truth. The truth is what God has said. And so, Please let this scripture has kept me all my Christian life. Kindly turn with me. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. The Bible says the following. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That means what you have heard and believed of God is more important than what the circumstances may be yelling at you. And hear me well, God will, as we've said already in Jeremiah 33, he will show you this is how to pray. This is what you don't know. And most of all, he will let you know, I am here. And so I, what do you do? I hope that really helps you. Great question. I hope that helps someone. Um, we've got a minute or so. Um, okay. What does it mean to ask by supplication? Supplicate, a petition is where you ask by detail. So the Bible says, by his stripes, I am healed. I can now say to I come into the place of prayer and I say, I declare that by the stripes of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I am healed. Lord, based upon what you said in this scripture, I claim it. That's a petition. You have details. It's almost a legal request. Supplication is different. Supplication is that, Lord, have mercy. That, Lord, I'm not going to get through this without you. I can't get, I can't do this myself. And you begin to ask, so a supplicant is, I don't have a right. I'm coming to you, Lord, I just have mercy. I'm tired. I really need to get through it. So that's what it means to ask by supplication. One is to request by detail. One is to ask for mercy. That God, after everything I've said and done, have mercy. I hope that really helps um i i love oh this is what happens we have too many questions i'm going to keep going for a few minutes 
Um, okay, Pastor, after praying for a moment, how long do you wait to hear from God in that same prayer session? Does he always speak to you while you are praying or depends? This is key. Remember, God is not a slot machine. He's a person. And he has a personal relationship with you. How long do you wait to hear from God? You wait until you get an answer. So while you're waiting, you're praising, you're lifting up his name, you're praying in tongues, you're studying the Bible, you're going over what he said. But please hear me well. God will get through to you. Why? That's why he wants you come with an open heart. And so those are the key things. It's not a matter of, oh, wait five minutes. If God doesn't come in five minutes, then you're on your own. No, you're not on your own. The Lord will keep you and he will get through to you at the right time. Now, let's say you had to dash off to work because you've prayed, you have 20 minutes to pray. Then off you go, trusting that God, you've heard me. And that you will come through as I go. And so that's, those are the kind of things you want to get. So it's not a matter of time. It's a matter of trust. And it is a matter of relationship. The example we gave um, two weeks ago, Daniel got prayed in Daniel 9, got an instant answer. Daniel prays in, da in Daniel 10, same kind of request. It takes 21 days. Pray until something happens. And so... You can come before God two, three, four times. You can lay it before the Lord and the Lord will answer you. You can be assured he will. If he doesn't come through, if you don't hear him the first moment, then continue with your day. Come back, start again and lay it before God. He will come through. I hope that helps. Um, oh, wow. How do you pray for specific things when you're unsure of what you want? This is the last one I'll take, and I know there might be more. This is where the prayer of committal is important. Proverbs chapter 16, reading from verses 1 to 3. When you don't know what you want, commit yourself to the will of God. And the Bible says, let me, I'll read that. This will be the last scripture I'll take. I do realize we've gone a little bit past eight and I apologize. Proverbs 16, verse one to three. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified Classic. Great question. The Bible says the following, the plans of the mind and orderly thinking belong to man, but from the Lord comes the wise answer of the tongue. All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits, the thoughts and intents of the heart. Verse three, roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. When you, you're unsure what to ask for, say, Lord, I submit myself to your will and intention. I yield myself to you. Lord, guide me as you will. And then he will take care. He will, like he said, he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable with his will. He will get through to you, but you've committed yourself that God, I'm only going to do it your way. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I would love to keep going, but we have run out of time tonight. I will copy the chat so all the questions will not be lost and we'll pick this up the next time we meet, which is next week. May God bless you. May God keep you. May you have an amazing week and may God strengthen you as you spend time with him in the word, in prayer, as you do so. Have a wonderful week, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. I'll see you next week.